Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. If you miss Sunday's messages, morning or evening, you really should listen to them. And if you were here, you should listen to them again. They were, they were quite good. Amen. They were awesome, as a matter of fact. Great way to start the new year. And, uh, and tonight, you know, I, I already had this, uh, just planned to talk about the goodness of God just a couple of weeks ago when Pastor and I were both working on a message at the same time. And we didn't need, know that one, the other one was doing it. So when he came in, I just deferred to him. So I had something already set for tonight. But anyway, we're going to be talking about the goodness of God. But uh, how many of you were here for the day after Christmas, that morning message? Okay, do you remember what we talked about, about a child is, a child is born, a son is given? There was something else I wanted to read, it, and I thought, it's just too good for me not to share it with you, even, even though it's not, because I'm going to start with that. But, you know, we were talking about, uh, it was sort of a Christmas message, so, not sort of not a Christmas message, but uh, we were talking about our children and about how they can, they can make a difference in this world just like that child did. And uh, so, anyway, uh, I had this. I had found it, somebody had put it, and I kind of tweaked it a little bit. But I really did want to you parents to hear this. And uh, so I'm just going to read this to you, and then we'll move on with this, the other message. It says, don't feel sorry for or fear for your kids your, or your grandkids because the world they're grow, going to grow up in is not what it used to be. God created them and called them for the exact moment in time that they're in. Their life wasn't a coincidence or an accident. Raise them up to know the power they walk in as children of God. Train them up in the authority of his word. Teach them to walk in faith knowing that that the word is true and victory belongs to them. Empower them to know that they can change the world. Don't teach them to be fearful or disheartened by the state of the world, but hopeful that they can do something about it and make a difference in their world. Every person in all of history has been placed in the time they were in because of God's plan. He knew Daniel could handle the lions. He knew David could handle Goliath. He knew Esther could handle Haman. He knew Peter could handle persecution. He knew Paul could handle persecution. He knows that your child can handle handle whatever challenge they face in their life. He created them specifically for it. Don't be scared for your children, but be honored that God chose you to parent the generation that is facing the biggest challenges of our lifetime. Rise to the challenge. Raise Daniel's, David's, Esther's, Peter's, Paul's, Timothy's. God isn't scratching his head wondering what he's going to do with this mess of a world. He has an army he's raising up to drive back the darkness and make him known all over the earth. Don't let your fear steal the greatness God has placed in them. I know it's hard to imagine them as anything besides our sweet little babies, and we just want to protect them from anything that could ever be hard on them, but they were born for such a time as this. It was worth reading. And I'm sorry, I, I, I just kind of overlooked it that morning. It was really, really good. I just, you know, I have seen and heard people say over the, over the last 20 years or so about they're just not sure they wanted to bring children into this world because it was such a mess. Listen, God created them, and when he does, he has a plan, and his plan is always victory. You know, it's always to make a difference. 
It's always to be a deliverer. You know, I said that that Christmas morning, the day after Christmas, I said, you know, this enemy has always been after the children that would be a deliverer to somebody. Maybe not to, not to mankind as a whole, like that one child in that manger, but you can be a deliverer to even just one person, and the devil doesn't want that to happen. But I'm telling you what, God is in the delivering business, and he wants to use each and every one of our children to be a part of that, and he has equipped them for such a time as this. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to talk about the goodness of God tonight. And uh, I tell you what, there's a lot to be said. Growing up, I did not know that God is good all the time. You know, we, we had kind of a, a, you know, kind of an attitude about God is good to some, but he's not good to everybody. If you're good enough, then God's good to you. And if you're not, well, watch out. Well, that's really not the way this works. If you go back and read, you read over in, in Psalms, you know, you, you're going to find, you know, about 15 times phrases like the Lord is good or he is good or you were good. 47 times there's, there's references to, to the Lord's goodness. And then there's many other times you know, you're going to find phrasing that, that varies about how good God is. But you know, if you really want to know how good God is, you have to start at the beginning. So we go to Genesis. In Genesis, we see that how, how much good there was. And uh, in verse 1, I mean chapter 1 and verse 4, God saw the light that it was good. In verse 10, and God, uh, the gathering of the waters called he the seas, and God saw that it was good. In verse 12, and God saw that it was good. In verse 18, and God saw that it was good. In verse 21, and God saw that it was good. In verse 25, and God saw that it was good. Do you think he needed to create this for his benefit? I mean, he, after all, he lives in heaven. But what he did was he created something that was good for your benefit. He created it specifically for man. And everything he did, when God says something's good, is good. You know, there are times when you and I can say something you know, we can look at something, do something, and go, oh, that's good. But that doesn't compare to, the, to when God considers it good. That's an, on a whole nother level of good. You know, we, we have different levels of good ourselves. Somebody brings you a coconut cream pie, Doug, and, and maybe you don't care for coconut cream pie. You go, oh, well, that was, that was good. You know, but for those of us who like coconut cream pie, if I tell him it's good, I really mean it's good. And yet God, he, he operates everything on the same level. There's not different levels of goodness where God is concerned. God, when God says it's good, there is nothing in that phrasing that you can possibly take from it that is anything less than the highest form of what he means by it. He doesn't mean it's a little bit good. Well, it's sort of good. Well, it's mostly good. No, he means it's good. In its entirety, it is good. And you and I need to understand, he is a good God. And he is all the time a good God. Not just sometimes. 
You know, sometimes, you know, we, we look around and we just think, where, where is it? Well, you got to look sometimes. You got to look. God is still good because in the, in front of God's goodness, the enemy wants to put this, this camouflage, you know, this blind, isn't that what they call it? A thing that you sit in to hunt deer as a blind, you know, they, he wants to put a blind up so you can't see how good God is, but you take that away and then the goodness of God just shines bright, you know, over in, um, where is it? Let's see. Uh, Psalms 8 verse 4 it says what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him the amplified version says what what is man that you care for him the very reason God is good is because he cares for you and me because he cares he wants to demonstrate his goodness to the absolute maximum that he possibly can on your behalf and to you Uh, Psalm 104 verse 28 says, you open your hand, they are filled with good things. Ooh, God's hands are full of good things. I mean, well, you know, his hands, well, it's just, you know, just his hands. There's not much you can put in. Let me tell you, he flung the stars into existence with his fingers. I think his hands are a pretty good source of goodness. Goodness is in his hands. Hallelujah. Psalm 33, verse 5 says, The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Psalm 145, verse 9 says, The Lord is good to all. He was good to you and me when we did not even know him. We didn't have a clue. When some of us were backslidden as backslidden can be, he was still good to us. I, I, I'm reminded so many times of, of at least two instances where the, where the enemy tried to kill me, you know, in, during that time when I was just away from the Lord. And God was so good, he preserved my life. Once from a drunk driver and, and once from a, a trucker that, was, that ran me off the road right at the edge of a, of a big old huge pit that I could have fallen down into. Pastor laughs all the time and said, well, if the fall hadn't killed you, you'd have drowned because you don't know how to swim. It was full of water, you know. And, uh, you know, but, but God is good. He is good to, to all people. You know, sometimes we just can't even fathom how good he is or why he's good. It doesn't seem to make a bit of sense to us. But he's good. You know, back over in Genesis, when you see that all his, cre- his creation, he did it for our benefit, and he looked at it, and he said it was good. That right there demonstrated his heart, his intent, his ability. His heart was good. His intent was to show that goodness to you. And then he get, and with that, he gave it the ability to demonstrate it. Um, you know, God deals with us based on his goodness, not on ours. Oh, hallelujah. Pastor Greg, when he said that Sunday night about, I don't want what I deserve. So you can't have a I deserve mentality because you don't want what you deserve. Mm-mm-mm. Many is the time I'm going, I do not deserve this, Lord. No, 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 but you are so good to me. If you want to see the heart of the Father, you know, you can go over to the story of the prodigal son over in Luke. And, and he, this, this man said to his father, 
I want my inheritance now. I don't want to wait until you die. Can I have it now? Well, his dad says, that's what you want. That's what I'll give you. And so he went off, and his life became a mess. And one day he thought to himself, I'm eating with the pigs. Why am I eating with the pigs? If I go back home, now to go back home he had to submit himself to his father. You know, some people run away from home because they don't want to submit. Even though their father is good, they don't want to submit. For some reason, they seem to think that submitting to a good, good father is somehow not going to be at their, in their best interest. But let me tell you, the father that we serve, whatever he has in mind for us is beneficial if you submit to what he has in mind because you're, you're, going, to, you're going to love it eventually. You, you may not see it at first, but you're going to love it eventually. But here this young man went off, got into the, into the place with the pigs. Then he says to himself, I, I could go back to my father's house, and, and I could just be a servant. My father's servants are so much better off than what I am right now. And so he took off and started headed home. And his, you know, it, it just brings tears to my eyes when you read the story about how the father looked and he saw him coming. Tells me he was always looking for him. He had never lost sight of him. He was constantly on the lookout because, because he wanted his son to come back home. Do you think he didn't know what his son had been into? Of course he knew. Actually, if the older brother came in and, and it wasn't like he was tattling on, on, his, on his brother that it was just coming home. He was jealous. Don't you know he's wasted all this stuff? He's done this. He's done that. He's done the other. If the brother knew, you know, had, daddy had to know. I'm sure daddy had an eye and an ear out somewhere. And he got reports of what was going on. But being the daddy he was, he thought, it was your choice. Your choice. Until you come to your senses of your own free will, I can't do anything for you. And so he waited for him. When he comes home, his daddy sees him and runs to him and puts a coat on him, puts a ring on his finger, says, kill the fatted calf. And he just can't understand why his daddy's so good to him. He doesn't deserve it. Why? Because it was never based on him. It was based on his daddy's heart. And our Father God has such a heart that's so full of goodness and purposeful goodness toward us that it doesn't matter what you've done. He's always looking for you. You know, we, we tend to, to not go to God sometimes and, and access that goodness that he wants us to enjoy because we don't feel like we deserve it. But again, it's not because you deserve it. Because you're not going to get what you deserve. You're going to get what he chooses to give you out of a good heart. Hallelujah. And so, you know, we, we have to get to a place where we understand that his goodness is always available to us. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Don't shrink back from the goodness that God's got for you. He wants to demonstrate. He wants you to enjoy the benefits of his goodness. In Psalm 34, verse 8, it says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. I always wonder, why do people make such an issue about subjects like healing, that God intends to heal all. It's his will that every person be well. Why do people fight you over that? It's just like the person who doesn't want to taste 
you know, a particular thing. They've already made up their mind that that just can't be. It, can't, it cannot be good. Listen, everything God's got to offer is good. And everything he wants to do for you is good. And if you just taste it for yourself, you'll find out just how good it is. You ever been there? Somebody said, hey, you need to try this. And go, oh, no, I don't think so. And you finally gave in. You got a little bite. Well, hey, that is awesome. Listen, when people finally get a taste of the goodness of God, they go, oh, that is awesome. And it really is. And it's just the beginning. Just, you know, he didn't want to give you a sampler plate of goodness. He wants to give you the whole buffet. He wants you to come and just dine on his goodness and enjoy every single thing that's on it because there is a multitude of things on the buffet table. He prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. And on that table is every good thing that God has ever provided for you and me. All we got to do is just sit down and eat and turn around and just, and just tell the devil, you can't have any. Sorry. There ain't no crumbs for you, bud. None. 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 Hallelujah. Romans 2, verse 4. Go over there with me. Hallelujah. Romans 2. If I can get to it myself. Verse 4. We, we know the, the last part of verse 4. It's very familiar to all of us. It says that it's the goodness of God that leads you to repentance. Repentance is not a bad word. It just means change. It doesn't mean that you've got to get down on your knees and, and beg and, 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 and just you know, crawl toward God. It just means change your mind. Just change what you're doing. It's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. Listen, I was raised in a, in a, in a denominational church Pentecostal denomination where it was hellfire and brimstone. You know, if, if, you, if you had a preacher who got up there and, and started preaching like that, I mean, I mean, t- so much so you could smell the brimstone by the time he got through. You know, you could feel the flames. You know, people thought, man, that was a great service. Well, listen, there's a, lot of whole people, a whole lot of people that got born again, supposedly, out of fear of the fire and brimstone. But God doesn't want you to come to him out of fear. He wants you to choose to come. And that's why he wants to demonstrate his goodness to us so we can just, we can, we can, we can easily make the changes we need to make because we see how good God is. We see it. We see it. We, we, we don't understand it. We can't even fathom how it could possibly be. We don't know how God could love us so much to be that good to us. And yet he is. And yet he does. And yet he will be. Till we leave this earth, he wants to demonstrate his goodness toward us. If you go back up in here, in, uh, in this same chapter, verses 1, you know, coming down into verse 4, you know, it talks about judging other people. And, and by doing that, we despise his goodness. Listen, don't judge somebody else. Don't you decide that God should not be good to them? Don't you think to yourself, don't you even let the thought cross your mind that they don't deserve God's goodness? I bet you somebody looked at you and thought that one time. I bet they looked at you and thought, oh, no, you're not a candidate for God's goodness. Are you kidding me? No. 
you are too far gone. And that, that, shouldn't, that shouldn't happen. Listen, if you despise God's goodness towards somebody else, you're despising his goodness towards you. You're actually putting yourself in a position not to experience his goodness when you judge somebody else not worthy of his goodness. And so you need to be careful of that. There are consequences in life you know, when we make bad decisions, consequences that get set in motion. And even in the middle of that, you know, the door is still open for God's goodness. Still open. Sometimes we may have to experience some of those consequences. You know, you know, for us, you know, as, as teenagers, you know, who got, who got into trouble and, and wound up with a child, you know, uh, much sooner than we should have. You know, that has turned into so much goodness. My eldest child is so awesome and so wonderful and loves God. You know, so, the, so those consequences I had, we had to live out, but yet God t- turned them. Listen, everything that, that you put yourself in a, in a place, you know, to, to go against what God wants you to do, God can turn that to good. God can take it, and he can make something good out of it. It, it may not at first look like it. It may be hard sometimes, you know, to endure what the consequences. There are just natural consequences that come with some things. But God still can take those things and turn it into something absolutely wonderful. Because he's so good. Hallelujah. You know, Proverbs eighteen twenty one says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. The Beck translation, put my glasses back on, says, um, those who love to talk will have to eat what they say. Don't try to talk God out of being good to either you or to somebody else. Sometimes we look at somebody that we've got issues with and then we see them get blessed and you go, I don't like that at all. And there's this kind of little on the inside when we, when we hear that God's blessed them somehow. If you ever feel that way about somebody, you better stop right then and deal with that. Do you want God to continually bless you? Then you better be glad when God blesses somebody else and his goodness shows up in their life, no matter what your problem is with them. You need to get over your problem. You need to let the goodness that is in you as being a child of God flow out of you so you can get rid of that nasty attitude. Uh, Psalm 34, verse 10. We're going to go through some verses here. Psalm 34, 10 says, They that seek the Lord shall not want or lack any good thing. Psalm 84, 11 says, No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. James 1, 7 says, Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father above. Psalm 68, 19 said, Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. He daily loads us up and demonstrates his goodness every single day. Psalm 103, forget not all his benefits. Psalm 116, 12, what shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits? Your praise, your thankfulness, your gratitude. That's all you've got to pay. That's all you have to do. It's just, when you, when you see it, just go, thank you, Father. Thank you, you're just so good to me. I just appreciate it so much. I'm so grateful for everything you do for me. 
Every little thing, every big thing, everything in between, everything I know about and everything I don't even realize, I'm just so grateful for everything that you've done for me. Hallelujah. Psalm 107, verses 20 and 21 says that he sent his word and healed them. It goes on and says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. Am I in the company of believers who will praise the Lord for his goodness? Amen. Psalm 23, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. You need to be convinced, just as convinced as the psalmist David was, that goodness and mercy follows you all the days of your life. Not just a couple of days a week. Not just five or six days a week, but every day of the week, every single day, goodness and mercy follows me. Hallelujah. 1 Samuel 12, 24 says, Only fear the Lord and serve him in all truth with all your heart. For consider how great things he has done for you. In the Old Testament, they made memorials so often just so it would remind them of how awesome And how good God had been to them at a particular point in their lives. And the old song says, count your blessings and name them one by one. You know, when you're down and discouraged that something's not working out, you need to go back to that old song and start counting your blessings and name them one by one. It won't take you too long. You'll get pretty happy. I, I promise you. Hallelujah. You can look back on your life and recall all the places where it was a dry desert and God brought you through, where you were, you were miserable and God turned that, where you were unwell and God healed you, where you lacked and he brought provision. I mean, you can see it every single place that you look if you're looking. If you're looking. We need to learn to rely on his goodness no matter what the situation because our answer, our help, The way out is assured because of his goodness. Because of his goodness. Because of his goodness. I mean, when you go back and you see where he started with man, he prepared an entire planet for man and declared everything that he did, everything he set in motion, everything he created, before he created man, he had it all in place, and he said, it's good. And then he created man. The, con- the, the crowning glory of creation was you, man. You are his workmanship, the work of his hands. And he has declared it's a good thing. It's a good thing. He, God looks at you and says, you're a good thing. You're a good thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just love this particular verse. In Psalm 27, verse 13, it says, uh, I, I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. There is, an, uh, in, in the, I think it's the Amplified, it says, what, what would have become of me had I not believed to see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living? What would have become of me if I didn't believe that I could see it here on now. You know, again, you know, I was raised, you know, in a sweet by and by. Everything's going to be wonderful. When we all get to heaven, some glad morning. You know, it's all, it was always over there, over there, 
over there. I'm telling you what, God's goodness isn't just over there. It is over there. But it's here too. It's right here. It's as close as it can get to me. What would I have done? There there have been times in life when, yes, I would have despaired had I not believed that I would see a demonstration of his goodness right here, right now, in this life. Period. End of sentence. Isn't that a wonderful thing? We just have to be aware of his goodness. We have to be aware of it. We have to be thankful for his goodness. We never take for granted his goodness. So much of what happens in our lives, we don't even, we don't even recognize as, as the goodness of God in demonstration and operation. Sometimes we just think, oh, that was just lucky. No, it wasn't just lucky. You know, I've had doctors tell me before, you know, oh, you, you were so lucky that we caught this. And I'm going, no, 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 I wasn't lucky. I was blessed. I was blessed. You know, and we need, we need to understand that it's not a result of anything we do. Except that we put ourselves in position to experience the goodness. You cannot let the enemy convince you that you don't deserve the goodness, that you don't merit the goodness, that you can't possibly think God would bless you now and be good to you. You cannot let that happen. You have to keep yourself in a position to experience that goodness and to benefit from his goodness. Hallelujah. Uh, Psalm 27 verse 6 says, At his sanctuary I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy. Anybody got a shout on them tonight? Amen. Psalm 25 verse 7, Remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to thy mercy, remember you, thou me for the, your goodness sake. Thank God he does. Uh, an amplified version of, of Psalm 31 verse 19. Oh, how great is thy goodness, which you've laid up for them that fear, reverence, and worship you. Goodness which you have wrought for those who trust and take refuge in you before the sons of men. You need to be a walking, living demonstration of the goodness of God to the sons of men. Everywhere you go, people ought to say, why, are you, why, are you, why do you have what you have? Why do you act like you do? You ought to say, because the goodness of God lives in me. And the goodness of God is poured out all over me every single day. He drowns me in his goodness. Psalm 65, verse 4, blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied is the man whom you choose and cause to come near that he may dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, your holy temple. Psalm 65, verse 11, you crown the year with goodness. The Amplified says your bounty and goodness. Nahum verse, uh, 1, verse 7, the Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble. The Lord is good, a strength and stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows, recognizes, and has knowledge of and understands those who take refuge and trust in him. John ten fourteen says, I am the good shepherd. He wants you to understand there, he's the good, not just the shepherd, but the good shepherd. Why? Because Jesus came to demonstrate the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And Jesus went about doing good. And God is still going about doing good for those who will let him do good. Psalm 119 verse 68 says, Thou art good and does good. Teach me thy statutes. The Septuagint says, Thou, O Lord, art good. In thy goodness, teach me your statutes. Um, 
Psalm 135 verse 3 says, Praise the Lord for he is good. Sing praises to his name for it is pleasant. Psalm 100 verse 5, the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Every generation needs to learn from the previous generation just how good God is. I didn't grow up knowing from my generation that came before me just how good God is. But the generation that follows me will certainly know from my lips how good God is. And that they can always depend on his goodness. Start your prayers with just an acknowledgement of how good God is to you. You really need to do that. Not start by asking him. Not start by whining. Not start by complaining. Oh God, don't you know this is going on? No, start by acknowledging how good he is. It'll change the rest of the prayer when you do that. If somebody asks you how, how are you, give them the opportunity to hear how good God is. Not how bad your day is. It, 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 it saddens me when I, I, in this church, when I go ask somebody, hey, how you doing today? Well, I'm making it. I'm going, where have you been going to church for how many years? Really? Really? What, what, what is the matter with you? you know, if I say I, it, that I'm good, then I'm lying. Well, doesn't the Bible say you're blessed? Doesn't the Bible say you have all things? Doesn't the Bible say you have provision for everything? Doesn't God say in the word that you're healed? You know, you're delivered, you're victorious? How can you sit there and look at me and go, well, I'm okay. And yet I hear that. Stop it. Just stop it. Your testimony of God's goodness will do two things. It'll keep you aware of his goodness And will increase your revelation of his goodness. Let me say that again. When when you have the opportunity and you give a testimony of how good God is. It will increase your awareness of his goodness. And increase your revelation of his goodness. Your testimony brings such great flavor to the atmosphere that you're in when you start talking about the goodness of God. It'll change an atmosphere. Totally. God has a plan to demonstrate his goodness in your life in a general way and in very specific ways. You know, it's like there's, if you really looked at it, you know, okay, here's my, here's my Star Trek people, you know, put up the shields, people, you know. God's got this dome thing that he wants to put over you that's called his goodness. He wants to surround you in something called his goodness. He wants you to be living and abiding in his goodness, in this dome of goodness. And then when you need something very specific, he's ready. He's got it for you. Amen. Remember, he's El Shaddai, the God who's more than enough. Hallelujah. And knowing his goodness will make it easy for you to walk out your Christian life. Knowing how good God is to you and knowing how good God is to somebody else, that he wants to be somebody else, will help you be good to them. It should help you to be good to them. Hallelujah. Make other people envious of the kind of life that you live because of his goodness. But you be ready to tell them 
why your life looks like it does. Because of the goodness of God. Amen. He is so wonderful. He is so good. Don't let the devil discourage you, make you put your head down, make you walk around sad, make you walk around with a long face. You just go back and you just start thanking God that he's good. Maybe, maybe right then you're too overwhelmed, you know, with all the things that are going on. Just, just leave them aside and just concentrate on the goodness of God. Just concentrate on how good he's been. Just how good he is and how he's never changed and he won't change. He started, he started this process with good. He's going to end this process with good and it's going to be good all the way through. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.